Hello, and welcome to Cocktails of Crime and Fashion. Today, we have a special bonus episode for you featuring Andy Mancini of MGP Ingredients. MGP Ingredients is a distillery located in Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Andy has joined us to discuss George Remus, the man, as well as MGP's George Remus Repeal Reserve. So sit back, relax, and pour yourself a glass of the Remus Repeal Reserve while we tell you all about bourbon. Well, thank you for joining us. My pleasure. We love the uh, MGP line. Thank you. Yeah, it's growing. All <laughs> right, well, I'll just kick it off. I'm Andy Mancini. I'm, uh, I'm the VP of Brands for MGP, MGP Ingredients. And uh, MGP Brands is the newest division. We started roughly three, three and a half years ago. But you know, MGP is a, one of the largest distillers in the United States. Uh, we're the largest rye distiller. We're the largest uh, domestic gin distiller. Uh, we have very uh, nice market share in both uh, vodka and, of course, other whiskeys like bourbon as well. Uh, we've, we're almost 80 years old. We were founded in uh, 1941 by Cloud Cray Sr. Uh, as part of the war effort. Um, the, the first product uh, that MGP ever produced was, and, or distilled was a uh, uh, torpedo. Uh, propellant uh, for the Navy during the war. And uh, from there, you know, the company evolved to right to doing uh, industrial alcohol, pharmaceutical alcohol, and and then eventually, you know, branched into, into beverage alcohol. And where we've been over the last five years is really uh, focused not only on premium beverage alcohol, distilling, you know, for the craft industry and, and the rest of uh, the distilled spirits industry, um, but also we, uh, you know, we started our craft, our craft division, our, our brands division, uh, again, as I said, three and a half and four years ago. And that was really uh, in order to, to be able to continue to capture uh, value, right? Cont- capture value share in this booming uh, whiskey world. Fun side of MGP, not that there's a bad side, but, you know, MGP has been involved in creating some of the hottest craft brands in America today. Mm-hmm. And you know, this these are these are the brands that that happily and vocally you know tout MGP distilling. There's mm-hmm. High West, right? And there's Angels Envy. There's Smooth Ambler, yeah, uh, Redemption. You know, all of these brands came along and worked with with MGP. And as they were successful, you know, they were they were um, as they say in the industry exited, but they were purchased by by bigger you know multinational companies. And that's great. Uh, but as we saw all these brands being purchased, we're like, wait a minute, you know, we make really good stuff. Maybe we should think about, you know, building our own brands. And so the brands division, which I'm proud to lead, started. So we um, we uh, we launched our very first product uh, in June of 2017, which was Till American Wheat Vodka. And, and right along with that was George Remus bourbon. And yeah, there you go. That's great. And we... Uh, and you know, since then we've added uh, the the first series of Remus Repeal Reserve, which I know we'll talk about. Uh, we we launched we we launched that in November of 2017, and then in 2018 we launched um, we la- launched Rossville Union Rye, uh, which of course is you know where is our sort of our grounding right, our moral center, uh, since we're the largest rye distiller in America. And, and then last year we launched uh, Eight and Sand blended bourbon whiskey, 
And then this March, along with COVID, we we purchased, as I said, Green Hat Gin. And so now we can compete in, you know, vodka, gin, rye, and bourbon, and and also other whiskeys with eight and sand. So we feel like we've, you know, got enough arrows in the quiver, enough clubs in the bag, and we can go out there and uh, build our business and compete. Yeah, awesome. Anything to... Questions about MGP? No, I'm I'm pretty familiar with it. I've yeah. lived I've lived with it for about twelve years now, and I just I I, I love your brands. I love your uh, I love your spirits. They're just uh, they're just amazing. And uh, thank you. It's we have an amazing team. I mean, that's they, really what it's all about. Right. You guys have made me an alcohol snob, especially for my age. I uh, I've been spoiled with this good stuff since. <laughs> yeah. Since that's, 21, that, maybe okay. a little before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, I have two daughters, and they 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 cut their teeth on really good stuff too. And you know, yeah. they. In fact, it's funny. My oldest, I have two girls. My oldest, uh, Meredith, well, once called me and says, "Dad, I'm I'm such a I'm such a snob. I you know, there's just there's just only certain things I will drink." So. Yeah, I say that. I didn't have a Bud Light till I was 24, and it was <laughs> gross. So that was enough yeah. of that. <laughs> I get it. Well, good. Yeah. Well, um, I, I thought we'd do a little live bourbon tasting, uh, sure. the two of us. So I wanted to show off our lighting is bad in here, but and I'll post a picture for everyone on our social media. But this is the uh, Remus Repeal Reserve, and it's got a very Art Deco look, very 1920s, which is perfect for the um, Prohibition time period that, that Remus was in. And... We're, we're going to smell it, say what we smell, and then we're going to taste it and say what we taste. Okay. And then along the way, I'll tell you the story. It's it's nice that you're starting at the top of the food chain. So it's... Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, are you drinking the Series 4 release that just came out? I am. That's yes. what I just poured. I've got about that much left of the Series 3. Good. Uh, but I, I went out... I went out and bought the Series Four uh, about three weeks ago before before I knew we were going to get another bottle. So, um, so I just poured it and added a, added just a drop or two of water to open up the nose. Yeah, and, I have uh, I have a little Clarengout glass too of of Series Four. Before we jump in, I just maybe just a couple of things. This is Repeal Reserve is really uh, the mission of of Series Four is to showcase. Uh, our blending expertise. This is uh, every series, every year, uh, the product is different. We try to focus on a minimum of 10-year-old whiskey. Uh, this year actually is about 12-year-old, and we blend what we feel are sort of the best mash bills, bourbon mash bills, and, 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 the, best, and the best barrels over 10 years old uh, to present, you know, uh, to the public kind of a palate challenge, right? Mm -hmm. We're not looking to uh, have a consistent uh, profile every year. But what we really want is a surprise in the mouth. We really want you guys to experience a phenomenal aged bourbon and really enjoy it. And so, and then we can talk about the package in a minute, but this is uh, a, uh, the, our 2020 medley and both the bourbons we're using a combination of our 21% high rye bourbon and our 36% high rye bourbon. And it, again, as I said, it came from 2008. One of the things we've tried to do every year is we always put the, the mash bill in the mix right on the front label. So we, we're not trying to hide it and confuse anybody. So our first, uh, our first series, I think we had three, three different mash bill mixes. Um, last year we had four. You know, so we're, we're really trying to just get the best combination of whiskeys in order to 
tantalize the palate. So do you want to dive in and, and do some yes. things? Let's do it. Yeah. So I, I, you know, for me, I, that was serious form, by the way, I've, I've, I've tasted this a couple of times. I'm, um, I always get this really bright kind of Dr. Pepper, cherry, um, citrus, yeah. lemon peel in there. Mm-hmm. And it's just really alive, right? You know, mm-hmm. here, you know, there's some depth there, right? I'm getting kind of, I get a little clove kind of deep into the glass. But I know uh, when I'm, when I'm smelling this, I'm going, wow, this is really, really interesting, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, you put it up against a, a white, you know, a white sheet and, you know, you've got some nice age in there and, uh, it's nice and dark. I mean, again, this is 2008, right? So we're, it's around, you know, 11 and a half, 12 years, depending on when we pull the barrels, but it's, but, you know, again, it's, it's an aged whiskey. So you're, you know, the, it's had plenty of time to expand and contract. Um, you know, our warehouses in Lawrenceburg are, are brick. Um, not, I don't know if you've been to a Kentucky warehouse, a rick house, but what we, we call the vertical aging chambers, right? You walk in the first floor and you can look up and see the sixth floor, Mm-hmm. Uh, and no separation and that's fine those are great great aging aging chambers but you know i live in kentucky so i can tell you in august it's about 140 degrees at the top and it's about 110 oh, <laughs> on the gosh. bottom so you get you know you just get a lot of variation there especially and then then in the winter with our warehouses in in lawrenceburg they're brick and they're separated by cement floors Mm-hmm. two feet thick and there's about two feet thick uh, on the walls and so each floor is its own aging chamber its own its own rick house and so um you know and also we're on the banks of the ohio so it's very humid there and one of the advantages is the brick axe and the cement axe is insulation so it takes a lot longer into the summer to get hot in those warehouses and it takes a lot longer to get cool and cold in the winter so we have a lot of moderation of temperature. And so where we, whereas in Kentucky, you're going to get really hot spikes and you get a lot of evaporation in those barrels. Think about Booker's, right? About 129, 130 proof. Um, we, you know, we, we don't get a lot of evaporation uh, of, of, of water, or, which results in high alcohol. We actually have a lot of water remain in our barrels, which I, we think promotes a very... A mellow taste. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, why don't we try that? Want to try to sample this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm getting kind of a kind of a vanilla, mm-hmm. almost a little butterscotch uh, taste yeah. as, yeah. It, as it moves toward the back of my tongue. Um, not much heat at all, which I really appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm getting I'm getting a lot of caramel. I'm getting a lot mm-hmm. of maple. I'm getting baking spice too. I'm getting cinnamon. I'm getting clove. I'm getting yeah. kind of, a, you know, I'm thinking Christmas cookies, right? I'm, you know, I'm thinking, uh, this is really rich. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting that. I'm getting that sweetness, especially on the nose. And then when it, yeah. when it hits yeah. my tongue. And it's starting to open up and I'm getting a lot of that too. Mm-hmm. Boy, that cherry, that cherry in there is just so pronounced. That cherry citrus is really interesting. Mm-hmm. No. Will you tell our uh, listeners what it does when we twirl the glasses and maybe hmm. how to find age in your bourbon? Yeah, so similar to, you know, when you're when you're tasting wines, right? You know, when you spin a glass in wine, you're aerating, right? You're 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 getting the volatile esters kind of moving around um in, in both wine. And, and the same is true in 
uh, in whiskey. You know, you want to you want to help open that up and, and get, get those esters moving around, those fatty esters, which, which provide the aromas. But you want it, you know, because you want the air to kind of interact there and it similar to the water to open it up. It's just to get, get some life into, into this whiskey. Because, you know, there's a lot of depth to whiskey in general and certainly this repeal reserve in particular. And you just want to be able to be able to, you know, kind of find those different, different flavors, right, and those different spice notes. You know, th these are high-rye bourbons, and even after 11, 12 years old, you're still getting that rice spice, right? You're getting, you're getting Absolutely. that. Yeah, and that, to me, though, the bite, those, whereas in a younger rye, even even our Rossville Union, that rice spice at five or six years old kind of reminds me of more of a an herb, mm -hmm. like dill, um, and thyme, you know, as it mellows out, you kind of, you get those baking spices, you get those, you know, you get that clove and cardamom and cinnamon and it's really, it's really refreshing. Yeah. It and is. as we're, as we're moving into Thanksgiving and Christmas, yeah. I'm even thinking some nutmeg in here a little bit. But nutmeg is, you know, like really good, 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 uh, good palate you have there. There is a lot of nutmeg in there, you know, mm -hmm. all spice sometimes people say, but yeah, the longer it sits in the glass, the more it opens mm -hmm. up, and and yep. with each sip, you're you're getting more of that depth and more of that yeah, flavor. Yeah, it tasted way different when I just sipped it than it did yeah. my first time. Mm -hmm. well, Macy, let me let me can I talk a little bit about the package here? I don't know if you can see it, but um, yeah. you know, this is not your typical bourbon bottle, right? Mm -hmm. Most of your bourbon bottles are round and tall and got a lot. Of, you know, it it, it just this doesn't look like whiskey, and we did this on purpose. As you mentioned Art Deco and you mentioned Prohibition, you know, George Remus was the king of the bootleggers. He was, you know, the, the, the you know, he was the, he was just the guy during Prohibition. Everybody came to him, Al Capone, you know, all the other good, good guys there. And, and, you know, the other thing, you know, we really celebrate Prohibition with our mainline George Remus, but with Repeal Reserve, we really want to, we wanted to focus on the Art Deco era, which happened in and around Prohibition. And one of the reasons why we really wanted to, to showcase, you know, sort of like Art Deco architecture, you know, Empire State Building actually being a classic example, was because it is, it's a rumor, but it's more fact than rumor, that George Remus was the inspiration to The Great Gatsby. Mm -hmm. And if you think about F. Scott Fitzgerald's, you know, famous novel, which takes place, in during prohibition, mm -hmm. you know, Jay Gatsby uh, was a pharmacist and he liked to throw lavish parties. And, you know, the roots for George Remus, he started out as a pharmacist in Chicago and turned into a lawyer and was defending uh, bootleggers and said, I can do this better <laughs> and became a bootlegger. Uh -huh. But when he moved to Cincinnati to start his operation, he start, he he became a a pharmacist again so that he could grab all those medicinal alcohol prescriptions and begin his process of stealing barrels. Yeah. Right. And he threw lavish parties. And he he really loved New Year's Eve and he would, you know, the room the the story goes one New Year's Eve in Cincinnati, he had something like, you know, five, you know, 250 couples and he um 
he uh, announced that, you know, in the middle of the, by the way, he never drank a drop. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I saw that. Mm-hmm. But in the middle, the middle of the party, he stopped everything, and he he said he had all the um, all of his wait staff come in, and he had all the all the husbands come around, and he presented them with these these uh, these little boxes. He said, "Hey, open them!" and um, and they were these diamond stick pins, right? You know, very expensive, you know, tie pins or lapel. Mm-hmm. And and the the story goes that one of the wives said, well, well, what about us? And he and he and he looked at the woman. And he says, what about you? And he had another set of wait uh, wait staff come in, and they had uh, little tiny keys. And he gave each of them a key because he gave them each a, a car. Mm-hmm. Oh and he my parked, god! He had parked like two hundred fifty cars down, you know, all over. He had a huge farm, and mm-hmm. and and all the women got it. You know, were, were given a. I don't know, the Oldsmobile or whatever, but you know, we're given a the the latest model car that that evening. So, uh, as some of our guys say, he was the original Oprah, right? He, yeah, that's what we <laughs> say. So. Yes, I I also saw it when I was researching for the episode that we did uh, that he was very introverted and often yes. would, um, interact with people at the parties for long. So yeah, you're absolutely right. He was a, he was a, he was a, a voracious reader. And what he would do is he'd kick off the party, and certainly when he had presents to give, he'd be there. But he'd get it started, then he'd leave. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so interesting. Another thing I remember about him from our research was uh, so many bootleggers back then they'd water down their their product to try to stretch it out, and he was pretty much insistent. No, if it comes from me, it's going to be the good stuff. To coin that, it for and, and that quote, Mike, is is absolutely true about the good stuff. I don't know if you guys watched. Um, boardwalk empire on hbo yeah but it's a great it's a great series to go back and look at because there's a couple scenes in there where they go hey you know go to remus he has the good stuff and Uh it's true he he didn't water it down he didn't he didn't adulterate the uh the spirits he what he did because because he had plenty of access was you know he was he was robbing you know all these uh warehouses and you know he could cut to any proof he wanted um, he didn't really need to to, to make it cheap, right? Because you know he was making, what was it in in today's dollars? He was making something like two hundred and fifty or three hundred thousand dollars a week mm-hmm. in today's dollars. I mean, it's um, it was just yeah, it was obscene <laughs> how much money he was making. So anyway, but yeah, so it's a um, we love we just really really uh, love the repeal reserve uh, product and the package and we love releasing it every year we did release it early this year we usually uh the first three years we we released it uh on his birthday which is november 13th mm-hmm. but we have such demand for it that um we thought we would take advantage of september being national bourbon heritage month mm-hmm. so we released it a couple months early and it's been it's been a real success for us i mean we've you know everybody's been pretty excited this is our fourth release it's our fourth 98. It's the fourth time we received double golds. Um, it's really, it's, I think people really like this product. And I think it stands up to, to whatever the test is. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think the story behind it is what makes something else that makes it really fun and uh, easy to get excited about. Just digging down the rabbit hole of who George Remus was. And then when you tie him to, to uh, Jay Gatsby, it just makes it a lot of fun. So yeah, yeah it's a lot of fun. We've been, um, these last several weeks on 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 uh, Instagram, Facebook Live, there's a series we've been doing with the cocktails with the king, mm-hmm. and 
there's a group we work with in Chicago, the Chicago Prohibition Tours, the founders there, and they've been filming. They've actually been going back not only in Chicago, but in Cincinnati and filming parts of his life and, and, and sort of resurrecting events in his life. And so every Thursday you can, you can click in and, and watch it. We've been, we've been archiving the series so you can always go back and look at that. Awesome. I yeah. Will. yeah. Well, I'm a member of the King circle. <laughs> did you get your uh, pumpkin? Um, did you get your, your notice of the stencil? I did. I did. I want to see. <laughs> well, I, I'd love to uh, ask questions about MGP and about, how whiskey's made and everything. Um, so we kind of touched on other things MGP has made in the past. So what besides alcohol is MGP making currently? Yeah, so we have three divisions, right? We've talked about our sourced alcohol division. We've talked about our little, our little startup MGP brands, but we also have a very significant food ingredients business. So we're uh, and it's international. Uh, we're one of the kind of leading producers of of uh, starches uh, and fiber uh, and protein, um, mostly for the made mostly for the baking industry. Uh, but we're, we're you know we we provide textured proteins and uh, you know high fiber ingredients. So in fact, you know the we're the fiber and fiber one. Um, oh, okay. If you if you if you're uh, familiar with Mission Mission Tacos Mission Bread, uh, we the the group that does that's led by Mike Butshaw. Um, his team, uh, you know, works with with Mission Foods and doing the the, the high fiber, low carb breads and and tortillas. Awesome. And they're also we're also on the bleeding edge of plant proteins, right? So you know, soy protein, pea protein textured wheat proteins. Oh, great. Yeah, we do a lot of that work. Well, I know that uh, you, you have the Lawrenceburg Distillery. How long has that been in operation? So Lawrenceburg yeah. is where we produce all of our whiskeys. And mm -hmm. um, it's in Lawrenceburg, Indiana, which is southeastern Indiana, about 20 miles west of Cincinnati. And it's about an hour and 45 minutes north of Louisville, about 90 miles. Um, and it was founded in, well, let me, let me start with the historic facts. We have records dating back to uh, 1809, 1808-1809 of rye production, rye distillation on our property. Um, they made a, they, they distilled a whopping two barrels a week, according to the records. Uh, and the millstone, because they, they would grind the grains right there, it was pulled uh, by a blind horse. We know that for a fact oh. as well. But the, the actual property of, of a formal distillery was founded in uh, 1847 by George Ross. Hmm. Now, we've had George Remus. <laughs> At the beginning, I told you about George Cassidy with Green Hat. And now we have George Ross, who founded the... Rossville Distillery, which is why we have Rossville Rye. We went back to our roots, mm -hmm. and um, and that uh, was, distillery was in operation uh, through. Well, actually, they were padlocked. Right, they had to shut down during Prohibition. In fact, Remus stole a lot of barrels from from George <laughs> Ross's distillery, 
but but it's been you know since 1847 that 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 distillery has been in operation under now, various owners. Yeah, a lot of people when you when you think bourbon, they think it has to be made in Kentucky. That's not true, is it? Well, Kentucky has a good PR firm, don't they? I guess they do. So, uh, <laughs> no, it's it's a great question, and no, um, the laws of bourbon are 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 very clear, right? To be a bourbon, it's not about where it comes from. Like you know, champagne has to come from Champagne, France. Bourbon is very simple. It means it needs to be a minimum of fifty-one percent corn, and it needs to be aged in new white oak containers mm -hmm. and that's it and after that it's the rest of it is federal law how long you age it what you can call it you know what your what your maximum entry proof is into barrels all that stuff but 51 percent corn minimum 51 percent corn and charred new oak barrels mm -hmm. so, do you, you can, in fact we have bourbon from colorado we certainly have bourbon from indiana we have bourbon all you know all over all over the country Kentucky does lay claim because the word bourbon, right, comes from uh, this elixir that was first made slash distilled in Bourbon County in Kentucky. Now, being a resident of the Commonwealth of Kentucky, I will tell you, <laughs> that, you know, that that landmass uh, was really a, a given uh, a grant, it was a land grant from uh, Louis XIV, thus the French uh, influence in Kentucky and the Florida de Lee, which is the, uh, the emblem of Louisville. But the only thing that Kentucky can lay claim to is Bourbon County. <laughs> now, do you have, a, do you have a, a cooper who makes your barrels or do you, buy, do you acquire your barrels from... We from don't own our own cooperage, but we do, we do work with some of the, you know, the, all the major Coopers uh, around the country, Inter, you know, International Stave and, you know, a few, a few other people like that. And uh, yeah, so we, we buy a lot of barrels. We, mm -hmm. we, we do buy, buy a lot of barrels, um, but we don't, we don't Cooper our own. Uh -huh. Now we do have some standard things. I mean, you know, we, uh, all of our whiskeys uh, go in at 120 uh, proof, our entry, our entry proof is 120. Maximum by law is 125. Um, we do have a, uh, a standard char that we use for all our barrels, which is a number uh, number two on the staves and number four on the heads. Um, and the char is really literally what it means is how long do you burn the wood, right? And so, um, you know, if you're, you know, wine drinkers know about their barrels, it's toasted, right? So think about light toast and, you know, Put it. You know, put your bread in the toaster in the morning. You know, a two would be a light, and a three would be a medium. But we're talking about char. We're talking about burnt toast, right? I mean, you 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 burn that oak because it releases the vanillins, right, which are naturally occurring in um, in in oak and and sugars, basically. Um, and so they interact, right? And they they interact with the whiskey as it goes in and slosses around and and the wood expands and contracts, right, in hot and cold weather. And all of that activity is what imparts the color to the, mm -hmm. to the bourbon, because bourbon comes in, distillate comes in clear. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's white. And, and so over, over time, right, you get your color, 
And you know, you also get your flavors, you get your complexity. I'm interested in how you how MGP names its products. So okay. once the bourbon's made and how do you come up with the packaging? How do you come up with the, the name? Whose job is that? Well, you know, it's it's the team's, it's my team's job to do that. We try to sort of live by certain value rules, right, on, at MGP Brands. And so one of our key values is that, you know, every brand needs to have a story and every story has to be true. Mm-hmm. And, and we sort of, you know, when we try to get a really fancy about it, we really are focused on authenticity and provenance, right? So... Each of our brands has to has to own its own authority and has to own its provenance. And so, for example, when we talk about Till Vodka, right, you know, we call it American Wheat Vodka. We buy our wheat from our customers, our, our local Kansas farmers, okay? Mm-hmm. The reason why we call it Till is because where the – we didn't really talk about this, but Mike, I know you were leading this to this, is you were talking about Lawrenceburg. All of our white goods, all of our gins and our vodkas, we call GNS, right? Green Neutral Spirits. They're all distilled in Natchez in Kansas, where we're headquartered. But on the site of that distillery on Main Street in Atchison, it used to be a technically, in the it was a hardware store. It was a place where farmers could buy their tills, buy their plows, buy all the all the farm equipment they needed. Mm-hmm. And so we, we we try to harken back to that heritage when we named uh, we named it Till. Yeah, mm-hmm. awesome. You know, George Remus, we purchased the brand, um, but as we've talked about, you know, we George was the king of the bootleggers. Um, you know, our our distillery is uh, is near near Cincinnati, where his headquarters were. We call it Repeal Reserve because we want to celebrate Prohibition Day, which is December fifth. The packaging, of course, was all about, you know, Art Deco, the George Remus package, right, is all about him and the man, if you can see that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then with Rossville Union, we did, you know, we are honoring the original name. We're going right back to the roots of, of the name of, of Rossville Union or Rossville Distillery. And, um, and the packaging there, we wanted to be unique. Uh, you know, our, we, we call ourselves, you know, the Masters of Rye. And so we, we create a very unique bottle that we own with the name Rossville on the side. It looks more like a flask. It, mm-hmm. it harkens back to the 1800s. Um, and, you know, we, we really do try to kind of live, live the truth. Um, Eight and Sand, uh, which we launched last year, is a blended bourbon whiskey. There's a big uh, railroad, a big engine locomotive on the, on the, on the front label. We really, um, we did, we, we did that for a couple of reasons. We named it Aiden Sand, uh, is a railroad expression. It, it literally is, you know, railroaders use it today. It means safe travels, good voyage. Um, when we launched Aiden Sand, we did it for really two reasons. One, last year was the 150th anniversary of the um, Transcontinental Railroad. But Atchison, Kansas, guess what, is one of the founding cities of the Atchison, Topeka, and Santa Fe Railroad. Mm-hmm. And, and we wanted to give back to our hometown. And so we launched we launched uh, Aiden Sand. Well, I'm a history buff, and I just love the fact that you tie all your brands to, to some historical fact and, and uh, 
There's a story behind it. Yeah, there's everything. a story behind it as as opposed to just trying to come up with a cute name. I think yeah. that's what, I think that's great. Yeah, well, I appreciate that, Mike. I will tell you a little story. My father was a history professor, and so I, I'm sort of grounded. I'm sort of grounded in by by DNA. My my his career was in the military, but but he taught history at West Point and was always, you know, he he when he retired, he and my mother visited every single Civil War battlefield in oh, wow. I mean, every single one, not even the little ones. Um, he wow. taught American history. So when we were being transferred, you know, from post to post, he would always figure out a way to take a few extra days to do a kind of an American history mm-hmm. tour for the kids. So I, I come by it naturally. But, you know, we we want to do what's, you know, what's right for our brands. And, you know, for us, these you know, I don't think cute names can survive. Right. No. We need to be grounded in reality and grounded in the truth. And I think I, I really do think today's whiskey consumers, they they want the story. They want the truth. They want, you know, they want to dig deeper and get under the skin of the brands to understand what we're doing. Yeah. Well, to go back to this now that it's it's been poured for about a half an hour now, it's it's really it's kind of smoothing out. I'm getting some mm-hmm. I'm getting a little bit of coriander almost and, and maybe. Yeah. The citrus I'm butterscotch. I'm getting a. Yeah. I'm getting like a butterscotch yeah. bomb. You know, I mean, like yeah. one of those little coffee drops you take. I'm getting a lot of back spice too. You know, when you said yeah. nutmeg, my glass is smelling that. So all that cherry, all that Dr Pepper, that bright cherry is kind of, mm-hmm. kind of mellowed out. I had some butterscotch cookies earlier, so <laughs> I should have saved one for this. <laughs> now it would pair really well. Yeah, I thought I read somewhere that you uh, you folks had come out with kind of a collectible called Volstad Reserve or, or something oh, like well, that. That's yeah, that's that's good. Let me. I don't. Did you ever get a bottle by any chance? I have not, but I'm looking and and uh, hoping. And Christmas is coming. And uh, <laughs> well, let me see. tell you, we last year. This is the Volstad oh. Reserve oh, right here. Um, we released this in January of 2019 because it was the 100th anniversary mm-hmm. of the passing of the Volstead Act, which mm-hmm. started prohibition. Right. Yep. Right. Right. And yeah. so this is a, a 14-year-old bottled and bond bourbon. Wow. And what bottled and bond means is that um, all all the bourbon has to all the whiskey has to be. Um, distilled in the same season in distilling you have two seasons you have january through june and july through december so um all of this is second season all right and to be bottled and bond you also have to it has to be at 100 proof mm-hmm. so um and it came in its own uh, uh box at retail it's on its own presentation box um you might be able to find some running around okay um, it went, uh, we only made, uh, 509 liter cases. We only made 6,000 bottles mm-hmm. wow. and, um, and we pre-sold it, um, and we were oversubscribed in the first, uh, in the first week. Wow. Um, I think the state of Ohio bought something like 150, wow. um, and they sold out in seven minutes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so wow. It was, uh, it was a, it was a pretty, pretty nice thing. We're, we're planning on, you know, when, when the time is right and we can find another significant uh, 
moment. We're gonna we're gonna do another one too. Cool. Right. Cool. Yeah. How many bottles does a one barrel make? How many bottles of whiskey? That's a great question. So let's talk about sort of the biology and the architecture of a barrel, right? So an average barrel, a whiskey barrel is 53 gallons, okay? okay. But what happens during the aging process of whiskey is something known as angel share, which is a very romantic phrase for <laughs> evaporation, okay? okay. <laughs> so the angels take their share of the whiskey, right, as they watch yeah. over it. and. Um, and so, again, let's go back to what we were talking about with, at the very beginning about Kentucky versus Lawrenceburg, you know, rick houses. Um, the hotter, you know, the hotter and drier uh, your aging environment, you're going to you're going to lose um, a lot of water. Mm -hmm. um, and so your your alcohol is going to is going to go up, but you're going to lose volume as well. Right. So. What normally happens, and let's just sort of talk about it as a, the average sort of age when we, we're talking about it in the industry is, is four years, right? To be called a straight bourbon or a straight whiskey, you have to be aged at least two years, okay? So anything two years and one day older, you can call it straight. But if you age four years or older, four years or longer, you don't have to put an age statement on. So anything from two, you know, from zero years, right, to to four, three years and 365 days, 64 days, you have to identify on the label what the age of that whiskey is, okay? Mm -hmm. But in general, a four-year barrel will yield something in the vicinity of, of like, uh, let's call it 15 nine-liter cases, mm -hmm. right? And a nine liter case, very quick math, is six, I'm sorry, is 12, 750 bottles. So that'd be 12 of these, right? Okay. Um, so, you know, multiply 12 by 30, right? And you get 360 bottles on average, right? Per, per barrel, mm -hmm. generally four to five years, if right. stored properly, you know, and you have to be conditioned. Now we just, we just had our first barrel program this year, and I will tell you that the 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 the, the volume ranged anywhere from twelve cases mm -hmm. to thirty five cases in an individual barrel. So, okay. you know, but we we tend to use about fifteen nine liter cases as a. Now, gotcha. What is a barrel program? Well, that's a great question. Let me. Um, we, one of the kind of one of the sort of interesting trends going on in the, in the whiskey industry is uh, the, the trade mostly, uh, retailers and some whiskey clubs, um, they, they want to buy their own barrel. They want to own their own barrel and, you know, and, and have it bottled for them, right? Sort of the, you know, the, I guess it's sort of the, the, the you know, the prize, right? The, the, the pride of ownership. And um, a lot of a lot of big companies do this. Is though you can come to the distillery, you can taste through barrels if you like it. You know, we'll put your name on it, and then we'll we'll you know we'll dump it and we'll we'll bottle it for you. We're we're a little unique at MGP because you know all these great whiskeys and you know rye and, and bourbons that you like of ours versus another you know major whiskey, and we could name them 
here, all those competitors, all those major whiskeys, they're a single mash bill, right? When you talk about Jack Daniels, you talk about Bullet, or you talk about Old Forester, talk about Jim Beam, it's a mash bill, right? Our 20, like 21% or 36%, you know, high rye mash bill. We blend, every single one of our brands has blends of mash bills in it. Mm-hmm. Rossville Union uses our 51% rye, our 95% rye, uh, and our 51 rye, 49 malted barley. We've talked about George Remus, 21 and 36. You know, um, Eight and Sand is four whiskeys. It has rye, uh, bourbon, corn whiskey, and light whiskey in it. So we blend everything. So when someone says, hey, I want to buy a barrel, it's like, well, you kind of <laughs> have to buy two barrels, right? <laughs> and, so, and so we we were wrestling with it. We, we, we had a lot of demand. I mean, distributors were calling us, retailers were calling us. Come on, you know, hey, MTP, you have all these barrels. We know you can sell us some. What's your problem? And and really, we were sort of like, ah, you know, we're not really sure. We finally sort of took a page out of the out of the culinary book, right? And we said, okay, you know, if restaurants can do, you know, can do all this sort of, you know, micro culinary work, why don't we deconstruct our our whiskeys and sell the barrels, right? So. Um, we, we put some conditions around it. We, we basically made, you know, we, the rules of our barrel program is you have to taste blind. Mm. We're not going to tell you how old it is. We're not going to tell you what the mash bill it is. We're not going to tell you, you know, what floor, what warehouse it came out of. You have to taste through it. And if you like it, it's the right, it's the right whiskey for you. Mm. So we went out and we did this. Um, and we, in fact, we, again, pretty lucky. We, we, our last day of sales was two days before COVID hit. So, um, you know, and, and, and our, everybody who bought a barrel had a great time. I mean, we were able to bring most of them to the distillery. They could taste as many as they wanted. They had these debates among themselves and, and it really turned out to be pretty successful. We, we sold a lot of barrels last year. And so again, in Kansas and in Missouri, um, you know, you can find uh, the, let me just show you, this is the Remus single barrel bottle right here. It looks just like regular Remus, except, you know, the regular Remus is black and this is maroon and it says single barrel on the, on the top and it has a special label for, for the account. But, um, and we also did it for Rossville Union and we took, we deconstructed the mash bills and we, and we did a single barrel as well. We did that as bottled and bond this year. And, and people had a lot of fun with it. And so what we what we thought we would, you know, we, what we would do is use this as a way to continue to educate consumers and educate people who are interested in whiskey uh, and let them sort of say, okay, you can drink your everyday George Remus. You can drink your special repair reserve. And right in between is a single barrel that is very unique and has a lot of different flavors too. So um, the difference, I guess, just to let you guys know, is with George Remus is that um, the main line is 94. Uh, percent. It's a blend again of the 21 and 36. The single barrel, we did t- cast strength. So we didn't cut the proof. So whatever it came out as, right, if it, we, it went in at 120, some came out at 117, some came out at 122, whatever it was, that's what you bought. And we didn't really tell uh, tell people the age or the mash bill until after it was bottled and we sent it to them. Because, you know, <laughs> It's whiskey. Yeah. You should enjoy it. So. <laughs> Do you offer tours of the Lawrenceburg Distillery? Do you have a tasting room there? 
Yeah, um, the answer is no. Um, we don't sell T-shirts. We don't have tours. <laughs> Darn. You know, well, not yet. I mean, we are a 24-7, 365 operation, literally. I mean, we are distilling around the clock. Mm-hmm. And it's an industrial site. Um, not, a, not in the ugly phrase of industrial, but you have to wear hard hats. You have to wear boots and you have to wear eye protection because there are trucks and barrels and it's 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 a fun wonderful place but people are working there you know my wife lori was uh, she's an accountant and uh, once or twice a year she would have to go to lawrenceburg and put on her steel-toed boots and her hard yeah. hat and and uh, she go didn't have her phone right no and she'd have to go in there and basically do uh, inventory on on what was in the barrels and uh, she'd come out feeling pretty happy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it's a great place, and we we are working on on a program where we can bring consumers in. We do again in normal times when there isn't a pandemic. We do host uh, distributors in the trade uh, for special tours, you know, and tastings. Tends to be by invitation only. Again, it's very you know we we just can't have a lot of tour groups right. banging into you know, to the, the, the distillery staff, but it's a unique experience. And as, you know, Mike, you know, as Lori knew, uh, it, it's historic. You are literally walking in history yeah. with every footstep and it is a beautiful, beautiful place. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I have one more question about the barrels. You know, I also like a good, uh, a good pour of scotch occasionally. Mm-hmm. And I know that, um, a scotch usually needs to be aged in, um, another a barrel usually a lot of them are aged in bourbon barrels right um, you provide uh, some of your barrels to to uh, scotch scotch we do. we do we do um here's the thing though you know most of our barrels are owned by somebody else right so our hmm. customers are you know buying our distillate and they're aging their barrels right there at our warehouses mm-hmm. on the barrels we own we do we do sell our barrels you know the the difference really between Scotch and Irish whiskey and bourbon, right? And an American whiskey, mm-hmm. even rye, it needs to be aged in new oak. Right. Mm-hmm. In Europe, that's not a requirement. But also because they age for a lot longer, the used barrel, you know, imparts imparts some flavors, but it really just protects the whiskey, right? Because mm-hmm. it, it's more of a vessel at mm-hmm. that point. And I'm not I am not disparaging Scotch and Irish whiskey because I love them both. Mm-hmm. Um but you know that's also why they have that lighter color, right? Because mm-hmm. most of the most of the vanillins and and the char, right, have kind of you know leached out into the bourbon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we do we do sell we do sell some of our barrels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have any other questions? You know, I don't. I just <laughs> want to thank you again, Andy, for coming on. This was uh, this was an education, and it I was. think any I'm going to recommend all my. Uh, whiskey friends, be sure and catch this podcast because it's been very educational. And, well, thank uh, you. Listen, I would love to, anytime you need, you know, would love to have a conversation. I'd love to join you again. We um, would love that. I want to do, I want to talk about the green hat. Oh, yeah. One next. Well, why don't well, we do this? I would love to do, yeah, I'd love, you know, if you guys want to be part of the kind of the launch, that would be great. I, um, we're really hoping uh, to be able to launch fully in Kansas and in Missouri in early 2021, and I would be more than happy uh, to come back and and talk to you guys, and we'll do a tasting through the green. I'll tell you what, let me just show you what the package is. So, Mike, when you go to Domers, 
This is Green Hat Gin. Okay. Cool. And it's a very unique bottle and a very unique package and all these historic, you know, uh, hats, right? And a great, a great story around it. But there's, um, we have four sort of four skews. We have our original batch, citrus floral, a navy strength, and we have a really unique uh, cordial called Summer Cup. It's like Pims, oh, wow. um, which is um, infusion. Uh, vermouth and botanicals in our navy strength um, but it's coming coming to a market near you in, 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 uh, in 2021 so we're really excited we love we love green hat it's a great place you know small world story i grew up in dc it's home for me so it's nice to go back but it's fun you think that's already on sale at like gomers i know it's at gomers well i'm and gonna be there. make a make a pilgrimage up to uh, Atchison, I know that both Raven and Hunt would carry it too. Well, and we've got I, I a couple think... of stores in Manhattan uh, that are carrying. We just did a very soft launch just to kind of test the waters. People were kind of itching. They said, "Do you have anything new?" And uh, so we we sort of broke our own rules. And but but Kansas is our own, our home market, right? Yes. This is home for us, and so we got to share with our neighbors. Well, whenever I go out of town. Um... And I uh, want to drink. One of the first questions I ask the bartender is, "Do you have Remus?" And I'm finding it in different places around the country now. So thank you. Uh, yeah, we're in great. 16 markets now, uh, mm-hmm. and we're planning to expand next year as well. So every year, a few more markets. Good. Great. Well, yeah. I'll be at, I'll be at Gomer's by 10 o'clock in the morning. I'm going to pick up. <laughs> okay. Green well, you hat. do that. That's great. Hey, Macy, it's great. Thank you so much. Good thank to see you, you again. Um, Mike, you, you know, anytime, you know, you guys need anything, give a holler. We, we, this was so much fun. I really enjoyed it. It was. It was. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much for much. your time. Take care. Cheers. Cheers. This has been Cocktails of Crime and Fashion. If you're enjoying our show, please leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to the show. Join our VIP Facebook group, Cocktails of Crime and Fashion VIP, to discuss cocktails, crime, and fashion, and to watch exclusive video content. Follow us on Instagram at Cocktails of Crime and Fashion. We also have merch. There's a link in the episode notes. Cocktails of Crime and Fashion was written and produced by Mike Norland and Macy Norland Burkett. Our editor is Don Bailey at pretendmachine.com. Thank you to Alex Joaquim for composing our theme music and to Kaylee Bitter for designing our cover art. 